Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Hybrid Unlimited. Today, Marcus and I are sitting down and talking about some interesting topics. First, uh, this was just kind of spur of the moment. We were talking about it before the podcast, so it kind of led into the podcast. Uh, it's all the different bizarre Russian uh, quote unquote fighting leagues. So everything from telephone booth fighting to inside vehicle jujitsu. Uh, and all the stuff in between. We go through, I, I don't know, somewhere between five and 10 of them. Uh, all really interesting and bizarre and definitely worth tuning into. Uh, another one that uh, you might enjoy on YouTube. But a oh, quick note, um, because it is the holiday season and our producer, George, is doing some family stuff, the audio version of this podcast is gonna come out prior to the video version on YouTube. The video version is gonna come out Monday. So keep an eye out for that if you want to see what we're talking about uh, in real time. Uh, otherwise, we do, I think, a pretty good job of describing what we're seeing. So you can check that out on all of the uh, podcast platforms. We also talk a bunch about what's been going on with Twitter, all the people who were deplatformed and replatformed, our opinions on that, everything from Trump to uh, Andrew Tate. Kanye West, Jordan Peterson, all that kind of stuff. And uh, as always, we go on a million tangents in between. So uh, as usual, make sure you tag us in your stories on social media when you're listening to this. Uh, make sure you tag me, Steffi, Marcus, Hybrid Unlimited. You'll automatically be entered into a draw to potentially win some hybrid uh, legacy brand apparel, which is the official apparel of Hybrid Performance Method and the Hybrid Unlimited podcast. Uh, in addition to that, make sure you check us out on hybridstrengthcoach.com. Uh, you can download the app there and get every training program from general fitness, strongman, weightlifting, powerlifting, everything in between. Uh, we have whatever your goal is, we have something for you. And we're going to be having some Black Friday sales coming up. So make sure you check that out. If you want early access to that, get on our email list. You can find that on the website, www.hybridperformancemethod.com. Uh, we have some special uh, special deals and gifts for you guys if you're on the mailing list. So check that out. And other than that, sit back, relax, enjoy another episode of Hybrid Unlimited. We want to give a shout out to our incredible sponsors for the podcast, Element. Chances are you're not getting enough electrolytes or salt in your diet. Element is an electrolyte supplement that contains no added sugar, no artificial ingredients, and no BS. Everyone needs electrolytes, especially if you sweat a lot during your training. Having the right levels of sodium, potassium, and magnesium flowing through your system will not only help combat fatigue and brain fog, but it can seriously improve your performance in the gym. But don't just take our word for it. Athletes in the NFL, NBA, NHL, US Olympians, and members of the Special Forces are all drinking Element to get their electrolyte intake on point with the most delicious powder on the market seriously these flavors are insane my personal favorite is citrus salt element is giving our listeners a special offer head over to the link in our show notes or ig to get a free gift with your purchase courtesy of our friends at element again the link is drinkelement.com hybrid that's drinklmnt.com hybrid stay salty and now back to the show. Yeah. Like the whole thing that happened with George Masvidal, like, bro, what are you doing? Like, uh, oh, well, I mean, that's, I think that's really affected his life. 
Like he, he, I, he, I'm he, sure. So he was, Gilbert Burns was calling him out for a fight saying like he was offered all these different dates and he, and Masvidal was, you know, turning him down or whatever. And then Masvidal came out when he was at, uh, where does he train out of? Is it American top team? No, I think not he, no, MMA masters here in Miami, right? No, Kobe. Uh, he's 8K. No, he's top team. Top team still? Okay. Colby's top team? No, uh, Masvidal. Oh, okay. Whatever. So he's in the gym and he was like explaining basically, he's like, I'm not ducking these fights. I just can't do it because I've had all these legal issues. And it's like, because Colby Covington sued him. Yeah. Well, dude, I mean, if, if you're a UFC fighter and your whole livelihood is based on fighting and somebody just sucker punches you in the street and he's a fighter, it's like, yeah. yeah you just dude, compromise my livelihood. You're an idiot. Yeah. Like, that's a fucking, that's a bad financial and and professional. Colby's a troll, but he, I think he understands the game, right? Well, he's We're, blatant about that whole thing being a character. Like, that's right. not who he is. Well, I saw this thing with uh, Brendan Schaub. You know how he has, uh, do you know who that is? Yeah. So, from Friday and the Kid. He, yeah. they do, he does another show called Food Truck Diaries, and he had Colby on. And he said it was hilarious to see Colby, like, behind the scenes. And he's trying to, like, you know how he always has girls around him and stuff? So he's trying to tell this one girl, obviously, who's paid to be there. He's like, okay, well, it'd be really good, uh, you know, if in this in this like shot, you come up behind me and you're just giving me a massage. And she's like, I'm not fucking doing that. <laughs> and, and then he goes, yeah, okay. <laughs> well, like, I think so much of the UFC is just made up. It's just manufactured drama. You know, well, like, it's becoming more and more WWE esque, and which is why, like, when you see guys like Pejera and they're just. Just fucking like emoji face, Stone Island man. Just like, like yeah. I'm literally just here to fight you. Like I don't care about any of this stuff. No emojis. Like, well, you know, what I, I appreciate like? that. I appreciate that too. And Khabib was the same way, but I like Khabib better once he learned English and could yeah. a, could at least say some stuff. It made it more entertaining because like he Khabib is actually a funny guy. Now he is. Yeah. Well, when he's talking and he's out there, and you know, there's a, there's like a line. At least when I watch UFC, I like to draw a line between the guys that can effectively shit talk. But then, like, once they're in, in the octagon or they finish the fight, whatever, there's a lot of respect between them. Like, sure. Dude, the, probably one of the saddest but best fights ever, because I'm a, a Charles uh, Oliveira fan, like, yeah. was watching that fight go down. But Oliveira was like, he's such a good jujitsu practitioner that at the end, he's like, oh, fuck. Like, you know, obviously. I'm done. Like he tapped real quick, but at the end he's like, you know what? He beat me. You know, yeah. but when you see guys that are good at jujitsu and they get somebody who's better at them, they just there's so much respect in that sport that they're not like pissed about it. They're just like, oh, all right, well, you know, like he tapped me. Like that fuck, that's rare, but I lost. Yeah. Yeah. I, I honestly was sad about that fight too, because I like Charles Oliveira so much. He won me over with because everyone used to say, oh, he's, you know, he doesn't have heart because he tapped or whatever in diff these different scenarios. But then he, after that, had like two or three fights where he got rocked a few times and had these that epic comeback. Like even the Poirier fight. Dude, I mean, you watch him in Justin Gaethje. Justin Gaethje just knocked him on his ass three times or twice. I don't remember how many times it was. And every time I'm like, oh, my God. And then he lays down. And you realize that Gaethje's outmatched on the ground. Gaethje's not going to go down with him. And you yeah. finally get a guy that's, like, ready to brawl on the ground. Have you ever watched really, really high IBJJF or ADCC grappling tournaments? Like, the highest level uh, guys. Well, like, I just watched the last one because of the Gordon Ryan. Uh, dude, uh, but, like, Gordon Ryan, he, he went against one of Catherine's clients, this dude named Roosevelt. I don't know if she's, he's a client, but 
like he she knows him and he's one of the best black belts on planet earth like for all time dude he got he got roosevelt in a heel hook in like 30 seconds tapped him out immediately you know the crazy thing about gordon ryan is too is that he he teaches everybody how he's winning and is not afraid to share that knowledge because he's like by the time you guys learn all these things that i'm telling you i'll already have like a million other things that i've i've learned and developed in my tool chest so it won't even yeah. matter He's just so supremely confident. I think the UFC has changed a ton since high-level UFC practitioners or jiu-jitsu practitioners have started to fight in UFC at a high level. You get those guys, and it's like the second that they have an opportunity to get you on the ground, like, what are you going to do? Like, you're done. Like, even a guy like Chandler trying to fight Dustin Poirier, Dustin, you see how mm-hmm. outclassed Dustin Poirier was against a guy like Oliveira. Yeah. And you see a guy like Chandler go up against Poirier, and Chandler's a fucking just a gangster striker tough dude but you can't fight a rear naked choke when you get somebody in that position man i mean the game's changed and you get these guys coming out of dagestan now and that's like a level of i don't know sambo right like sambo's their thing yeah sambo wrestling but like you can't fight that not even the jujitsu guys can fight that i i don't even know what like the secret ingredient to that style is it just seems like aggression that's what it seems Poverty? like. And, I don't know, and just dude. being so strong. What are those guys? Because that area that they come from in Russia, which I don't know a lot about, but apparently, like that's what they do. Like, yeah, you're like either you're gonna just sit on the sidelines your whole life, or you're gonna become really good at wrestling. Yeah, you wrestle, or you have to do some other manual labor job that's less glamorous, right? Dude, at least like, with the wrestling, they have uh, a potential, you know, outlet. Yeah. To go do other fight sports. Whereas it's like, if you're, what's the other option? Like being a logger working like, no, I mean, like you'll put your whole life into that. If, if that's your opportunity, if your upside is this, like, dude, those courses guys are. And like, I didn't think Makachev had a chance until, I mean, dude, just, he just proved it. It was impressive. Even I was a a doubter. I was like, he hasn't really fought guys that are that good like charles Oliveira has gone through everybody like you look at charles Oliveira's record like it's one of the most accomplished records in mma and then you see makachev and he's had like a few decent fight fighters right finish them pretty easily and then just i felt like he was being thrown to the wolves i think that that's such a good test though because even when you get a guy like pajero yeah like okay like stone cold killer but like how is he against the guy named izzy who's run through everybody in the division you take that robert whitaker twice and costa and you know you, you name it in that division he's fucking just rocked him well and, and well here's my here's my thought on this also though and i'm not going to pretend i know this game better than dana white because i think he i'm sure is making decisions based on things i have no idea about but to me that izzy Pereira fight was almost short-sighted because you look at all the other guys in the top five, I, they're terrible matchups for Pereira. So it's like you either... Why? Because Pereira's just outmatched them by such a degree? No, the opposite. He, Pereira's a great striker, but if you put him up against like Derek Brunson or Cannoneer or any of these guys that have great wrestling, it's like... He did, he did suffer pretty badly against Izzy's wrestling, which I guess if Izzy was a better wrestler... He also lost one of his one of his I think his first MMA fight against a guy who was a nobody who just wrestled was more well rounded yeah 
The only other issue I could see is he's just too big. And and that I listen whatever this joke last year. Is he six six? Yeah. That's a big boy. And cutting down to 185. Yeah, that's the He's thing. Too people, big, man. people were trying to say he was cheating by being by be, being able to cut and oh, gain so much. I'm like that. It's well, okay. So like this, that's what Rogan talked about. It's he called it sanctioned cheating, and to a degree, I think he's right because like at some point, I think you gotta limit the weight cut. Well, but then okay, but then why doesn't Izzy just cut the same amount of weight and go down one class and dominate everybody there? He could, but it's, if I everybody just, has I, the same opportunity, then it can't be. cheating. I agree, but I just don't think it's. I don't think it's good for the sport. I don't well, think it's, it's good dangerous. It's also it's dangerous. very dangerous for the fighter. I mean, you know what it's like to cut weight. I mean, you've suffered some pretty like gnarly fuck ups cutting weight. <laughs> oh yeah, not fuck ups on your part, but just like your body just can't handle yeah. it, right? Like, yeah. I mean, if you're cutting twenty plus pounds and getting punched in the head, thirty five pounds or thirty five over thirty five. He was weighing in over two ten the next day. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Yeah, it, it, I, honestly, like. I get it because Izzy's probably walking around pretty close to 185 or 190. No, I think he, I bet you Izzy's 205. He's big too. He's like 6'2 or 6'3. He's a big guy. And from what I I've at heard, at a certain point, they have to cut off, cut it off. That's my thought. And I don't know how you implement that in a sport like well, UFC. Uh, I think it's one, uh, one FC. They have a rehydration clause that you're not allowed to put on more than a certain amount of weight. You have to weigh back in again. And they make sure that you're. That's a good idea. Yeah, I mean that's that's one one way to do it. Because you get guys just cut an extreme amount of weight, and you see them powerlifting too. Like they'll just go kill themselves to cut down to a weight class, and it's like mostly stupid. But if they do it and they're successful, like I mean, all bets are off. Yeah, and that's that's just so much more dangerous in that sport. But it's, it's a bit of a different argument too, though, because I, I can agree that it's not a good thing. Like it's not good for the fighters. It's not good for the longevity. It's not good for their health. But is it cheating? No, because no. everyone. No, that's a, the rules. Yeah, that's the rules, right? But I, yeah, I guess it's it's not a good thing. But there's got to be a better way to do it, and that's as far as like my conclusions have been drawn. I don't know what the right answer is because you can't just say like, "Well, they can't cut more than thirty five pounds." I'm like, all right, how do you enforce that? Yeah, yeah, know. and because it's different for people with different body fat percentages and all that kind of stuff too, right? Well, sure, and like you know, if you're fat, like you can like, lose a lot more right? water. If, you, if you're a Cormier, you can you can cut a lot more <laughs> and not be affected, right? But if you're sure. shredded and you're you know you're John yeah, Jones, it's it a just, big difference. Also, did you see that they're talking about him going up against Ngannou? Uh, UFC two eighty five is kind of the talk on the internet. Jones, yeah, yeah, that's his comeback fight supposedly. He have you seen how big he is now? No, yeah, he's like I think two fifty something now. Fuck, can you imagine going him going up against Ngannou though. It's a crazy fight because I feel like uh, John Jones' fight IQ is so good. Like, he's so smart and he's so long. I get it, but, I mean, dude. And we've seen we, – we, we haven't seen John Jones lose. We've seen Ngannou lose. Yeah. And just, so guys who aren't even, like, are nowhere near that that standard. Like, uh, what was the guy that he lost to? Um, the Black know. Beast is his nickname. Derek Lewis. Derek Lewis, yeah. He beat Ngannou? He knocked him out. I mean, yeah, I don't remember that. Yeah, it's like, you know, he's fallible, whereas sure. John Jones hasn't proven to be yet. I thought that that fight against Cyril Ghosn was very telling. Because he, he was able to just kind of bypass all of his insane striking and cardio yeah. abilities by wrestling him, which was pretty impressive to see him pivot like that. Yeah, but I think John Jones has good wrestling too. 
Well, I guess we'll see. But yeah. Well, Ngannou's I was like a 280 dude, 285. That's been like guy. a four years in the making fight. I really hope it happens. Man, we'll see. And if we'll also back. see how, like, if he does come back and do that, how, like, how long has he not fought for? Three years. Three years. I mean, that's a long time. That long you saw time. what that did to Connor. Well, we'll see what happens when he comes back, right? Who? If he comes back, Connor. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I, th- you know who's been calling him out who actually I think is a great matchup? Mm hmm. Like, not that it's favorable Fizziev? to either of them. Uh, no, uh, Chandler wants that fight. That's just an ex- that two guys fight. who would just strike. Yeah. And they're both exciting. super exciting. Someone's going to get Watch knocked Connor out. Watch Connor just come in with sick wrestling. <laughs> Could you imagine? Just, <laughs> like, just get a submission on him. I feel like there would be no chance. Um, but when we're while we're on this fighting kick, we were talking about before we started the show... You had what? What was it? Three or four of your favorite Russian? Oh, let's go! Yeah, fi- fighting. Uh, I think that things. I mean, hats off to the Russians, sports. right? Like they've just they've bypassed all ethics and just they've created <laughs> every type of fight you want to watch. You just it's like imagine you get high with your buddies and you're like, all right, craziest fight. All right, let's get three of the biggest scariest dudes to fight three other big scary dudes and put them in an octagon that's what this is here go six man tornado tag team oh my god this is actually insane if you and they have bigger versions of this too what's crazy is if one guy gets knocked (laughs) oh my god oh my god dude yeah there's no look at this I mean, look at that guy. Where, where, <laughs> what prison did he just get released from? Did you hear that? And they allowed multiple oh, that guys. guy just ran up and punched that other guy in the back of the head. Yeah, this, Are there rules? Clearly not. Oh, my God. <laughs> did you, do you see any rules? Like, there's refs. But this reminds me of, like, the referees oh. in a WWE match where they're just sitting around the whole time flustered. Like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. Well, they, isn't that your every job? once in a while, they get hit by a chair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like, isn't that your job is to know what to do? Oh, my God. This is epic. All right, so number one would... Wait, are you going reverse? No, I'm going to go reverse. Number oh, okay. four is probably the four-man. Number two... What's well, so number, number three? six-man? I don't... Have you seen six that on was six? six. That was, okay, no, that was oh, three, three on three. three. Yeah, right, here's yeah. five-man. I've seen this one before. This one's sick. There probably is five in this countdown. I should have... Should have clarified. All right, so this is five by five. And everybody, if you're listening, I hope you can watch the video of this. Because if you don't know... There is a Russian MMA league where all they do is five by five tag team fight. It's like oh. in this video, there's five dudes. That, I mean, this is this is like a small basketball court, basically. This just looks like a like a soccer hooligan like yeah. meet up after the yeah. After they just game. they just... figured out how to monetize it. <laughs> oh, this is chaos! It's a brawl. It's a five by five brawl. It's like five buddies. You know, like I hate that that crew across town. We're gonna go fuck them up. Oh my god, this is insanity. All right, so this would be number three. <laughs> and then number two, car fighting is pretty sick. <laughs> so, car fighting. All right, so they, all right, now if you guys are watching, in Russia they have, this is epic. They have two man, this is 1v1, MMA in a car. And they, so they, they start with their seatbelts <laughs> fastened. <laughs> they start with their seatbelts. So they have to not only get the seatbelt unfastened, but they have to fight, and I'm guessing this is like a Chrysler convertible. Well, look at all the sponsors on the outside of the car. Maybe it's a Mustang convertible. That is pretty sick. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, a knee. Knees to the head. I mean, there's no rules here. Clearly. I mean, they're fighting in a car. How do you can't even, be rules. How do you even get something going? Get the seatbelt off first. Can you use it to <laughs> strangle them? <laughs> Why not? Oh, look. There it is. Car 
Jiu-Jitsu Championship Davidson versus Felton. All right. I'm going to have to amend this. There's probably 10. <laughs> Check that out. The list keeps growing. Everyone on YouTube, uh, Car Jitsu Championship. I didn't know that this was a channel, but here you go. So this, uh, one, this is strictly Jiu-Jitsu. We're about to find out. Oh, this is a closed George, car. George just subscribed to it. <laughs> oh he's my! Going, he's going straight for the back. So it's Nogi Karjitsu. Wow! Oh I feel like this God. one makes more sense than the the MMA because it's not like you can't throw like head kicks in the you, car. You know the best part of this? They didn't put him in a minivan or like an SUV or an Escalade. <laughs> oh, did you see? Did he pull that? Back? Did he pull that to make the seat go back? I don't know. He must have. They or, got, or they just broke they it. They have the pant, the gi pants on, but not like the lapel. So they're fighting oh. in a sedan. <laughs> Again, sponsors on the car. Sick. But it's Karjitsu. I wonder if, if these guys get paid well. Kidding me? They're doing Karjitsu. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> All right. So then Karjitsu. Next one up. It's got to be phone booth fighting. So phone booth fighting. If you don't know, go look it up. Phone uh, booth fighting is just. Two guys, they lock him at a phone booth. I'm assuming this one's also in Russia. Gotta be. And uh, I've seen this one. This, this is, is hectic. Because this is this is a guaranteed knockout because all they're doing is punching each other. It's got to be just horrific elbows. you imagine? What's crazy is on, on these, it takes a little bit because the ref has to, like when someone gets knocked out, the ref has to open that door and come in. And the guy's still wailing on him. Like, the guy could be knocked out for a while. Oh, my God. That guy takes up the whole phone booth. How's he going to... They're fighting in a phone booth now. That's the name of the If you're not watching this and you're listening, they just stuck a presumably 400-plus pound man in the phone booth. (laughs) I don't even know how they're going to get another guy in there. His opponent is 150 pounds. Look at that guy. How can those two even fit in the same phone booth together? Do they... this looks like a larger phone booth than what I've seen previously. Do they make? Do you know much about phone booth dimensions? I've been in a, f- a couple. Look, even they even like. <laughs> oh, imita- and they have to start back to back. They even imitated the British crown on top, like to make it look British. <laughs> there's there's yeah, a video. Old, look at that. <laughs> oh, I hope the little guy wins. These are short, right? Oh my I mean, god! That guy's cardio can't be good, so I would assume so. Oh look, the ref, they have rules. Look, the ref is reaching in. He reaches in. To, there's to, no glass, so they can reach through and like separate them if there's a foul. I mean, they can't even punch because there's no distance. I'm well, waiting for Kirill to pop out somewhere. He's got to be behind. <laughs> he's got to be involved. Yeah. <laughs> which will bring us to the number one, which is obviously. Can you he, skip to the end? I just want to see who wins. Yeah. I hope the 150-pound guy. That'd be pretty cool. Oh, oh right God. off the... It's the temple. Did it switch fights? No. Oh, you can see his fat poking through the bars. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, my God. He's, I mean, this can't go to decision. Did this go to decision? How do you decide that? A little guy oh, won. hey, he won. I, I, based on what, though? Just the fact that he could move. These guys are just slapping each other now. Okay, all right, let's go to number one. <laughs> number one's the probably the, the most famous, but it's the Russian slapping league. Yeah. Well, did you see Dana White just bought a slap fighting league? Dana White did? Yeah. He's super stoked on it. He's been talking a lot about it. I'm, you know, it's it's pretty sick. This guy, there's Kirill's always in the background with this dude, but there's like one guy who's the champ. It's like an obesely Has Kirill man. done it? And we've referenced Kirill a lot, so if anyone doesn't know who that is, he's a... Uh, 
I think he's the owner of WRPF or the yeah, yeah. owner of I WRPF, so. the powerlifting league out of Russia, and also a former bench press uh, world record holder. I gotta say, cleanest, prettiest bench press world record in history. That's ever. true. He pretty much does it flat back, close grip, like no struggle, a, a smooth. purest bench press, and also one of the largest humans I've what ever seen. What do you do? In what was his best? Three thirty-five. Kilos? I'm pretty sure it was. What is yeah. that? Seven? 740? 740? Yeah, 740 ish, right around there. This is sick. What's these guys... crazy about this is you're not allowed to defend yourself. No, you just no, have no. to you take the slap to the face. It. Look at these guys. And they're chalked up and stuff. Oof. Look, oof. Audi- that was the subtitle. Oh. Audience being loud as fuck. <laughs> Thanks, George. That was that was a that was a very nice <laughs> thumbs up. <laughs> so this guy's the champ. The who which guy? The big bald guy? No, the other guy. Oh, really? Vasily Kamatsky. He, he just got rocked. Yeah, yeah Vasily Kamatsky. Oh, they wear uh, earplugs so they don't blow their eardrums out. <laughs> oh, this guy's <laughs> this not guy doesn't. Though. He's wow. a purist. Wow, that guy likes to live dangerously. Punch down. So it's called punch down, and this is the final. Wow. So it's like two presumably three hundred pound men. I mean, the production value on this is really yeah, it's good. Really good. I've never, there's never been a powerlifting meet with this high level of production value. Uh, the Russians, oh, look, they got pretty girls everywhere. The Russians just do it up. They've got this handsome man in a suit commentating. Right. It just, where's the money coming from? That's the Russian Mario Lopez right there. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. Rush, slap boxing league, fantastic. So, if anybody, if you're bored of UFC and MMA in general, no, come on. What are you pu- pulling up now? What's this? You're telling me that there's one man willing to fight five other dudes? Oh my god, it's a one on five. Oh, oh it's look. in like a little skinny. It's got to be a tag team though. Oh uh, well, he already just got rocked by the first. Oh no, I wonder how this works. That's insane. Oh, Come on. wow. Oh. So, so they, they, can, they can tag each other in, and he's on his... Oh, no, it's it's five versus five, or four versus four. America's really but, slipping on the violence front. I mean, like, not in general, but... This is interesting, because they've kind of simulated, oh like, an God, alley, but it's like with a... It's like an alley fight yeah. with, with ropes. Two crews. This is unbelievable. Well, all right, so, beside all this <laughs> insanity, we're here to talk about... The goings on of the world, yeah. So because we've got a you know maybe well, a we were talking earlier, and I was I was I I've been very interested in what's been going on with Twitter and the reverse deplatforming and of and everyone all, of everyone. But like, let's we got to start at the beginning, right? Because like that just didn't happen overnight. This whole saga mm-hmm. was is from a business perspective very interesting, and right. there's a lot of facets to it, and obviously. There's a lot of public attention on it because of the actors involved and their implications on culture, right? It's like Elon Musk, for whatever reason, the, one of the most popular businessmen of the modern era, beside you know like you know Steve Jobs and but Jeff Bezos. And before we that dive pro. into that, I just want to ask you a question: Do you think, like when I think of Elon Musk, I think of all these things of actually like advancing humanity, like he's trying to send people into outer space, he's digging tunnels under the ground. He's, you know, he's doing all the, he had all these government contracts, you know, he's putting satellites out there. He's helping with communication, all this kind of stuff. 
don't you feel like this is just a little bit of a distraction? Like you, you have all these really important projects on the go and then you're like also the Twitter guy now. Um, like I'm still waiting on my cyber truck that I put a deposit down on. And that was five years ago, buddy. Like you're spreading yourself a little thin. It seems like. All right. So like top level answer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Probably spreading himself too thin. And I think he's even admitted to that, but. I think what he excels at as a businessman is execution. And like, if you were to talk to anybody in the business world, like speed of execution, like idea to market is such a big thing. It's such a well, big... not for the cars though. Well, there's, there's two that were supposed of. to come out. I, yeah. The, I think the Cybertruck and the Roadster. I think they take a long time, but I think at the same time, if you take into account, like how do you start up a car manufacturing business and do it at scale? I feel well, like, yeah, just bringing that company to life. Bringing the the company to life is incredibly hard, but then look at the last five years of their growth trajectory. They're building factories on every single continent and they're, I I, I get it. Like, you know, we both run our own businesses. We're my Mm. company. We do this all the time. We're experimenting with new products, figuring out ways to roll it out in mass. And if you think about this, think about the manufacturing and production line process of of a brand new vehicle from, from concept to market. You have to not only engineer the thing on paper and determine market demand, but then you have to figure out how to produce that thing in scale on how many continents. Now, they have a gigafactory in Shanghai. They have one in the U.S. They have one in Ber- or multiple in the U.S. They have one in Berlin now. So presumably taking – imagine, you're not just taking like, all right, I'm going to manufacture an app. Like you guys did an right. app. Was it easy? Not at all. So now imagine taking the moving components of a vehicle and that's sourcing how many thousands of components and then figuring out how to build an assembly line around that that's automated. And then that vehicle also includes multiple apps. Right, right. And there's <laughs> an entire <laughs> technology side to it. So wait, go back up to that one, George. Uh, this one was, you know, it was really interesting. So you know how he did the whole, uh, should I reinstate Trump's account? I loved pull, it. Pulling thing. I yeah, loved it. That was great. Like put it up to uh, And I'm not a fan opinion. of Trump one bit. I mean, you listen, I can get flack for that. I don't give a shit. Like I think I think he was a net negative for the country, but I think he's a great comedian though. Oh, he the funniest Twitter account <laughs> of all time. George, the greatest tweet ever put out. I'll stand by this. I will not do this to Greenland. Go look it up. Wait, why? Go look it up. There was there was a rumor in like 2018 that President Trump was trying to buy Greenland from Denmark, circulating in the media, and then Trump put out a tweet trolling the media. Look at it. And if you guys are watching, go look this up. <laughs> I promise not to do this to Greenland. This was actually this was real. Oh my god! It was a big Trump Tower a in gold the middle. Trump Tower. Yeah, it's it's just like a nowhere w- part of Greenland. Oh man! This it was hilarious, and then. Obviously, things devolved, and I'm not going to get into the politics of it. But like, should he have been banned in the first place? Yeah, I think so. That was really. I don't he, like deplatform deplatforming people at all. I because this is my nuanced part of my opinion on this, and again, it's just an opinion. Like, I think okay. at the time he, we're talking about a decision never before, a decision that had never before had to be made. Right? What do you do when? A president is, you know, and whether you agree with me on this or not, like that's up for debate, but mm-hmm. basically inciting violence. That was the argument, right? Like, so it was the argument, I guess, from Twitter's perspective was he's using his platform to incite violence. 
I don't know yeah, if but, that's oh, true well, or not. Hold on. I, this is where I get hung up. So I could agree with you on that if like other if Vladimir Putin was banned. Okay. How many other people, if Trump is banned, should have also been banned, right? No, it, I agree. There's, like, a, there's a hypocrisy there, Al-Qaeda's, right? Al-Qaeda's, yeah, there was 100%. Like, Al-Qaeda's on Twitter, because I've heard that argument, <laughs> yeah. and I thought, like, what the fuck? Like, ISIS has a Twitter account? Like, what? But then you go down this rabbit hole of, like, okay, like, what is the bar, and who is deciding on, on banning but, people? But that's exactly why I think then you can't ban anyone. Because who's deciding, right? Is it... Is well, it, I don't think a permanent ban, but like I think at that period of time for the U.S., my personal opinion was like, what'd whatever. You what did you highlight there, George? Any valid constitutional basis for this or just cool with disrespecting one of our so, founding principles? There, there's obviously like a line in the sand that has to be drawn when I think as an American watching our capital get mobbed by these people was a really, really, really low moment. Sure. Like on an international stage. Cause like there's only a couple other instances I can think of recently. I think it was, there was a, a president in Southeast Asia. They had their compound mm-hmm. invaded and it wasn't like they were going after just anybody. Those people were going after the speaker of the house and Mike Pence, like going after both parties. And to me as an American, it's like, you guys can't just, can't, you can't stand by and not punish what to me was them threatening our democracy because it was like that's that day what the actions his, they were taking think that was, was his severe goal? wasn't he in that building he pence was no the vice president was trump wasn't no he was at the uh, white house uh, he was at the capitol so i i personally think that at the time when they banned him it was justified now keeping him off forever i don't think that's justified either right but i think that the way he did this I, I agree with this. So here's the, what's interesting about this is, so it was it was nowhere near as close leading up to the, the end of this poll. And all of a sudden, all these votes for no started dumping in and Musk looked into it. And they were, it was like millions of bot votes, sure. which is crazy. That's not surprising. So, but he was able to like figure out how many of those were. And he, I guess he's clean, like, he decided to clean that up or whatever. But to me, this but, is, this makes sense. Like whether you agree with the guy or not, and I don't like him, I think he should have been banned when it happened, but I agree with the way that they put him back on. The problem is I think so like people just think, well, uh, Biden is such a bumbling buffoon. Now it's like, you just have two unbelievably unvotable people going up against each other yeah to the point oh, of, oh my god Aye. listen you know what for whatever reason there was a base in this country that was so enamored with trump and like people voting biden in office was just a referendum <laughs> on trump it wasn't a referendum on biden because like i mean i don't think that anybody in their right mind thinks this guy's the greatest person greatest president ever but there is something to be said for not having to think much about the executive of your country and think like, all right, are they just, are they just doing their fucking job? Yeah, just don't, they, just don't blow it just, up. <laughs> just don't fuck anything up for four years. Let us have a couple relaxing, like, you know, we're going to worry about important stuff. Like the let, economy. let everybody recover from the pandemic, will you? Yeah. I mean, listen, it was chaotic, but to, I don't want to focus too much on the Trump thing, but I think he, him bringing people like Peterson back on and you know, people and like, I don't remember who else. Poll, you see this? Yeah, I mean, like Andrew Tate and all that. Like, I don't like Andrew Tate, but like, should he not have a voice? Like, just so because... who are the who are the main players that got reinstated? I Trump, it, Andrew Tate, Trump, Andrew Tate, Jordan Peterson. There was Kanye somebody... West. 
yeah, he got his back, but like he's he's almost been like universally deplatformed at this point. Yeah, like he's out starts, of the news completely. I wonder if he starts spouting off again. I just don't think people are going to pay attention. And I, honestly, I think the interesting thing about Trump coming back on is that he's lost a lot of relevancy. And I think that the Republican Party is going to come out very strongly against him, and they're not going to do anything to support his comeback because I think that they just they probably realize even if it's purely for political motivations that he was not good for the party. Right. And that's my opinion. I'm not saying that's the right thing, whatever, you know, disagree with me all you want. Oh, I'm sure. But I'm sure he swayed a lot of uh, moderates to the left. Well, because if you're in the middle and I'm a registered independent myself, like I don't want to vote for that guy. Like this is insane with the whole world. You know, like when I, and I traveled a lot during that time period, you know, a couple times a year out of the country. And it's like, every time I went abroad, Everybody be like, oh, what, Joe, how about that Trump? And I just, every time I get questions, I'm like, I don't know, he's insane. Like, what do you want me to tell you? <laughs> but it, let's get back to Elon Musk. I think this is like yeah, a yeah. really interesting topic for our generation. Well, like, every, So this is the thing that I don't understand, okay? There's a lot of advertisers that pulled uh, advertising. He, you know, obviously that's problematic in the short term. I'm sure there's a ton of advertisers that are going to be willing to come in and fill those spots uh, you know, especially ones that are more conservative, but people are like, are these, these, the final days of Twitter? And I'm like, how, this he's, is the most engagement Twitter's ever and he's had. he's posting proof of that. Yeah. Have you seen that? It's yeah. It, there's more the numbers daily active users than ever before. Yeah. So it's like, what do you mean the final days of Twitter? It's so like, all right, let's, your original question was good. And I think we should stick what was that? down that your question was, is this a distraction? I oh, think the answer yeah. is yes. I yeah. think that, like, as any high-level executive, well, if you think do, the there's... world's going to end one day and we all need to escape to Mars, and you're very convicted in that belief, which he seems to be, let's forget about the bird website, you know, and let's maybe get those things going I up think to Mars. His, you know, and this is my, my point going. of view is like he gets hung up on these little things, which probably distract him from bigger goals. But at the same time, like, if you're an executive of any of these companies. Like, what's the highest and best use of your time? Twitter added 1.6 million daily active users this past week. Like, it's not doing this stuff. This, this, there's no way this is the highest and best use of his time. Now, maybe it's just for a in, short period. In, well, unless it ends up making him an, an enormous amount of money that he then uses to, you know, continue the, the goals in all the other areas. Yeah, but, like, we're seeing this a lot now. And you see this a lot as visionary founders progress and once those companies mature and become like revenue generating machines like you see this with zuck he's under a lot of fire now for spending all this money on the metaverse project i don't know if you saw their last didn't uh, he have the greatest stock decline in like all of history second second to google some yeah second no second to microsoft it's it's pretty significant but i think the the fact that they're spending so much money on r d for the metaverse is a kind of a scary thing to watch because as an executive like what's your number one priority if you have a public company it's your accountability to the board and into into shareholders right like it twitter's not a public company nobody cares but like tesla or meta both those companies have a duty like the chief executive has an, a duty and accountability to their shareholders for stock price performance. That's just the way it is. That's and a also, company. I'm sure th- anything Elon does at Twitter is going to affect the stock price of any other relevant company. Because right? every one of those companies, they're now questioning like, okay, this dude is spending how much time on this other project? Why isn't he 
dealing with the problems here at Tesla or at wherever. Well, you know how they they were saying like all those people quit from uh, Twitter? Like he fired them. Well, he fired like 75% and then apparently a large portion of the remaining people quit. You think that was just like a, they knew they were going to get laid off. It's like an I'm not fired, I quit situation or. Probably. Or do you think it was because they had that stay woke uh, agenda? Did you see that? It found that it's found so stupid. in the closet at Twitter it's HQ just, for real. So I, I think that a lot of these companies woke. are running into problems where they mature and they don't know what to do next. And it's like, well, double down on your existing product, make it continuously excellent. That's yeah, but it, yeah, I mean, but then I guess what else could Twitter have done other than this like major shift? What would you do if you bought a $40 billion company that was losing, you know, $800 million a year? Is that what Twitter was doing at the I time? Don't, I don't remember. It was, wasn't profitable. Wow. Like, uh, what do you, like, if you own oh, a that business. That was so good. Look at that one with Donald yeah. Trump. Because <laughs> he has his competing yeah. platform, yeah. right? So oh it's my, like, I love that should, he's just tweeting about should, it. Should I participate in Twitter or? I, I love that he just memes everything. <laughs> That's the greatest thing that Elon Musk has done. <laughs> he turns everything into a century. meme. He gets it. That's the thing. He gets yeah. he gets the, the current generation and what I think he just also finds it very funny. Yeah. Because he's kind of like he seems like he might be, you know, got that sense of humor that finds like a lot of joy in memes, which I respect. I love that. I wonder what it's like in uh Twitter HQ now. Like with all the all the people he fired, are they just gonna move into like well, a, a WeWork unit or I don't know. My brother in law <laughs> is there. So my brother-in-law is like one of the senior, he's a badass at Google. He works on their cloud mm. platform, but he's like one of their senior sales engineers type role. And he deals directly with Twitter. Twitter's their client. So it's chaos. What's he, uh, what's he hearing? I, he, I, he didn't say just, I just, I was like, Hey, it's like, is this crazy right now? And he's like, yeah, it's crazy. I, mean, I didn't okay, ask him on. anything. I have serious. a question about this. Remember when Ligma, last name Ligma, Ligma and last name Johnson. I thought these guys were fake. I thought they were actors. I thought so too, but he's apparently hired them back. Welcome. This is fucking like, back Ligma and Johnson. But like, come on, that's the greatest troll ever. Unbelievable, and he only did that because of their names. If that's if real. you had two hundred billion dollar net worth, what do you do for fun? You've maxed out all the things you could do for fun. But I think people get very confused about what that means. Having $200 billion net worth doesn't mean you have $200 billion sitting in the bank account that you can just do whatever you want well, with. Good right? luck convincing the internet that. I don't think that they understand how stock price works. Uh, no, I don't. Like, I don't you think, think he just like, we're going public. Oh, well, that's jolly because I'm just going to cash out. And now I have $200 billion in a bank account. Like, <laughs> yeah. No, he would be like number 50 on the billionaire list if he cashed out. Like. Yeah, that's how taxes work. Like all these people that they consider to be like billionaires, like, well, he has two hundred billion dollars. Why doesn't he solve world hunger? Because like, well, if he were to As sell his two hundred billion dollar <laughs> Tesla position, then you know what he would be left with? Not much. Yeah, every share he sold would drive the price down further. Oh, and the IRS would get. I don't even know how many percentage points of that. Yeah. I mean, you and I have the privilege of, of having economics degrees, so that helps. Well, like, <laughs> but, <laughs> but don't you find that insane? Every time Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk or Mark Zuckerberg comes up in the news, like, well, they could just solve world hunger. It's like, well, do you want the IRS to get rich? <laughs> yeah. And That's what, not what how they, it works. And what are they going to do with it? It's like, did you see the last Powerball winner? The $2 billion Powerball winner? Do you know what the IRS got off that? It was like $1.4 billion. What, what did he win? 
It was it was a Powerball, like the lottery. Yeah, what, and how much did a, they win? Two billion. Wow. And they, they got 1.4? It was over a billion dollars that the IRS they had took more, out. They got more than 50% oh, of the yeah. winnings. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That, that's worse than Canadian taxes. Yeah, well, I mean, listen, if you... It, it, People are fucking dumb. Wow. Imagine imagine that the whole internet, every time they talk about this dude, all they think about is his net worth. Like, I think yeah, he talks yeah. about it all the time. He doesn't keep much cash. I don't think there's any reason to. Yeah, why would you? I wouldn't. Like, what do you care? That's that's not their job. Their job is to, to work and run the business. Like, and I find that to also be very funny. When people talk about CEOs and how, like, like how um, the pay gap is unbelievable. Like, yeah, sure, there's an argument to be made there, but, like, Nobody, I wouldn't trade places with them. If you paid me $2 million a year to be the CEO of some company, like I wouldn't do it. Hello friends, we wanted to remind you about our exclusive offer from Element for hybrid unlimited listeners. You can snag a free gift when you purchase your pack of Element over at www.drinkelement.com hybrid. That's www.drinklmnt.com hybrid. You can also find that link in the show notes or over on the podcast Instagram page. If you sweat, you need Element. It's the tastiest electrolyte supplement on the market, trusted by athletes at the highest level. We love it, and we know you will too. All right, back to the show. Oh, I mean... No. Could you imagine? You're going to work 100-hour weeks. Job. Oh, yeah, and you have to sacrifice your social life, your family life. Dude, it's horrible. That's horrible. Quality of life, health, you probably. And they're not... Like, CEOs... Don't get it twisted. Most CEOs aren't the founders. It's not like they have yeah. the $100 billion well, net worth. They're just paid not, to run the company. We're not talking about uh, people on Instagram who are just a business with themselves and call themselves CEOs. We're talking about real CEOs. It's a you hear that, internet? If you're on Instagram <laughs> a... and you own a personal training business, you're not the CEO because you don't account to a board. You don't have a board of directors that, They're the whole that board. can fire you. Yeah, that's, that's not how a corporation works. <laughs> and you're also not a public corporation. So. No. I'm sorry to break it to you, uh, female and male bosses on the internet, but my question next is: Have any of the people who were replatformed have they made tweets? Has Trump tweeted? No. Has Ye tweeted? I think he's active. I think Ye's active. I don't think Andrew Tate's active at all. I think other people post for him. Andrew Tate said he's flying to Twitter just to. Uh, he posted a picture of himself on a private jet and said, I'm flying to, to the failed state of California right now. <laughs> All right, let's see. November 18th. I will never stop teaching. I have too much to learn. Have you ever listened to this guy talk in long form on the internet? Oh, yeah. Oh, I he's watched... still tweeting. Yeah. Well, go, go to the one where he's, there's, there's one tweet where he says, I'm flying to the failed state of California to tell Elon Musk in person that he like he's a boss or something like that oh so he's he's pretty active back on here i mean this is his thing this is what makes him him top g top e top t top k oh my god (laughs) i saw that posted before and it said dream or nightmare (laughs) i don't understand this guy at all i really don't I think he does a really good job at, uh, oh, there it is. I've decided to fly to the failed state of California, walk into Twitter HQ, and tell Elon Musk he's a legend on my way. I don't think he actually did that. Well, he might see in a couple days that that he's there. First of all, I've seen pictures of him get on a lot of private jets since 
he comes up on on internet all the time you're a fan now huh he's on my explore page man it's <laughs> fucking weird i think the guy's a clown but like the private jets he's taking they don't have i don't know what is that like eight thousand nautical mile range you ain't getting to california on one private jet flight buddy That's and if true. you're if he has enough money to charter a I don't know, G650 ER maybe. Or he's doing multiple touchdowns. Yeah, that's that's very not very top G of him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, that's funny because that, that's actually an interesting sub-genre of the internet is like this weird like hyper-masculine like social media celebrity like Liver King also. But I think that the, the people who subscribe to that and are really enthused by it are not hyper-masculine dudes i think for the most part it's people with a lot of insecurities that feel very lost and then they look to this guy and they go oh look at this guy who's super masculine and powerful seeming and you know seems like he has it all figured out and oh all my problems are just that i'm not alpha enough and it's then like, then so you you get all these it's the, yeah, like, it's no, the island of misfit toys you're totally right like it is in you know we know tons of people like that and they're all over the internet but I don't think this is the answer, gentlemen. If you're looking for a positive male role model to like help. Also, this, I think I saw a really funny analysis of this. Can you zoom in a little bit? Look at his reflection in the mirror. He photoshopped his traps. Go zoom in on his reflection in the mirror. Look at his traps. All right, let's see. Look at that. I can't tell. Look at how ridiculously big the other one looks. And look at that. Okay. I could see. I wouldn't be surprised. You should send this to Goob. Get him to tear him up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. It's... Uh, Let's see. You he... know what that is? What? Vitamin S, baby. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that helps for sure. I mean, he's definitely on stuff. I mean... It does, explain it... the aggression. <laughs> but back when he was fighting, he looked like he was natural i'm sure i've never watched him fight but if he was a world champion kickboxer like awesome but the stuff that he talks about like his his worldview that people are subscribing to i actually listened to the uh Nelk boys podcast with him like it's 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 ridiculous i haven't listened to that entire one i listened to him on pierce morgan and the thing was that um oh this is like the the opposite of uh He's a bottom boy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the <laughs> point of pride, but I guess it is. I'm not here to judge. Um, the thing, when I listen to him on Pierce Morgan, Pierce Morgan is so insufferable sometimes where he just doesn't let anyone finish a thought ever. So I just came out of listening to that interview. Not that I liked Andrew Tate more, but I was just so much more annoyed with Pierce Morgan that it's like... I almost, I felt more favorable towards Andrew yeah. Tate just because it was such a low quality interview. I think interviews where you allow people to like fully be themselves and like let them be comfortable. Like if you attack somebody, I think being the interviewer, it's not your job to attack them. I think it's your right. job to let them speak and let right. the public decide. You don't push your opinion. The point is to yeah. understand what their opinion is. And that's what I liked uh, about the Kanye West Les Lex Friedman interview. Right. He just let him talk. He let Kanye say his entire thing and then he'd be like I disagree with you because of this. And then if Kanye says some crazy stuff, he said some crazy stuff and that's that. Well, dude, he did a beautiful job because he gave him every opportunity to right his wrongs, 
and apologize mm-hmm. and clarify his position. You so know, he, he has since apologized. And also, what's hilarious, at Kanye's house now in California, uh, he has all these uh, Hanukkah, Happy Hanukkah. No yeah, yeah. Stuff all like Star of David stuff Listen, all I'm, over the front uh, <laughs> thing. It's, he's, it was, he's trying now. It was horrible. And as a Jew, like, you know what? Like, you shouldn't be deplatformed. The guy's not Hitler. Like, just, he's not doing anything like... He just he, had, he could I think he was gone he will and did inspire a lot of really and like really strong anti-Semitism type people to sure. come out of the woodworks. That's scary. But like canceling the guy completely, I don't know about that. Like every private company, they had every right to to sever relationships. And if I was Adidas, oh my God. Like one of the biggest German companies on earth, like you can't keep up a partnership with that guy. But you know what's crazy? It's a, it's a huge financial decision for them because it's going to impact them in terms of billions of dollars. But the thing is, in Germany, there's a very, very strong yeah, yeah. They like, protection fight. against like anti-Semitism. Yeah. Shalom. Is that is that his first tweet back? Kanye West? Shalom? With a smiley face? A smiley face just seems condescending. <laughs> You know what? The, the thing is, like, leave him there. He can be on the internet, but you don't November have 20th. you have freedom of testing, speech testing, in general. See if my but you don't have block. freedom of consequence, and that's what he learned. All right, you could say whatever you want, but there's consequences for the things that you say. And if you're out there talking about how Jews are the ones that are causing all of your problems, and your biggest source of income is a German company, you dude, there's there's consequences for that. But so he, uh, here's my question then is if i mean he said all these things that are terrible right and society's gotten so much more progressive over the years it's you're getting canceled by everyone you don't need to be deplatformed if he stays on here saying all this crazy stuff he's only digging his own grave even right, further leave him i don't think That's he should have I mean, been deplatformed right? i think that was so ridiculous it's like, i think the same thing with with most of these people it's like Maybe with Trump, it's a little bit different because he has a lot of of support. As that, a that's pub- a, yeah, because he a held public office at the time. That to me was the only differentiating factor. But all these other people, just because you don't like what Jordan Peterson says, like, well, you got to kick him off your. What did he get platform? kicked off for? For saying no I, idea. Was it for saying that the overweight girl that was on the cover of Sports Illustrated was not attractive? <laughs> I he might have some strong opinions Sports on trans stuff. And Illustrated. I. I think most of 99% of this deplatforming bullshit is ridiculous. Yeah. Because you're, it, I, well, okay, but you don't, you don't, you don't have the freedom to do whatever you want on a private platform because, like, that's their decision. They own the platform. You don't own the platform. You well, don't have to make the call. But that's the whole argument that's been in Congress for so long is like, once you get to a certain size, are you actually a public domain now? Well, I right? don't know. I mean, is, you think Twitter's a public domain? Like, do you think that this is like a public utility, essentially, like the internet is considered? I mean, that's the argument Congress is trying to be, to make against Facebook for all this time. Facebook's been making that exact argument against them that we're a private, you know, like... Well, this is new, right? Like, this is 100%. This is like a... This is a brand new trending Oh, the, I, you saw this, right? The kid who's just been tracking Elon's private jet everywhere? He does this with a lot of people. He did. It. He started doing it with the Russian oligarchs and and other people. That's dangerous. You get someone killed. 
But that well, oh, we go oh, back to the, it goes back to the freedom of cost uh, of fuel is only ten grand. Where do you fly from? Austin to Oakland. Oh, that's so he, like that's, flew, he that's flew pretty from, short. That's pretty short. Well, I mean, no, it's Texas to California. That's not that far. So he probably paid his but pilot pro- like a two thousand dollar day. I thought fee. it cost like forty grand to turn one of those things on. I don't even think that's what. What's he flying? A twenty fifteen G five fifty. No, that's about right. To ten thousand. Oh, yeah, you're a big fuel. plane guy, right? Yeah, I mean, I know a little bit. Hold on, go back to the the stats there, George. So okay, it's a three hour flight. I mean, dude, not that crazy. Fourteen hundred ninety seven miles, uh, from Austin to Oakland. Fifteen hundred sixty two gallons of ga- of jet fuel. Okay. Uh, whatever. Ten, ten grand in fuel. Ten, ten grand in fuel. Like. This guy has no other choice. How else is he going to get anywhere? Well, you heard Warren Buffett's thing about uh, yeah, why does it? Why yeah, he, this, he has private jets? He said because literally at this point, my time is is more valuable. That the the money that I spend on a private jet costs me less than the time it would take me to go wait in line, mm-hmm. do all the like. It's just an economic. And he waited until he was making enough money, and the economics justified it. We all absolutely. But I guess the environmental uh, impact is a whole other kind of thing. But I mean, then you're just splitting hairs, man. Like, like if Elon Musk can't go and what is he going to do? Take a car? Yeah, or get on a, a commercial flight and get he swarmed. He can't. Like yeah. that, to me, to him, that's not only like a huge safety threat, but yeah. a horrible use of his time. If you're if you're an executive that's running, God knows how many companies at this point. Like, agreed. You, you economically cannot justify doing anything private. But I think that's a very high bar to set. Now, like, Grant Cardone flying around on his private jet, like, probably not justified. I don't even know who that is. Who's He's, that? Go look him up. He's like a big South Florida real estate guy. Oh, uh, okay. Whatever. What kind of jet does he have? G550. He's, oh, wait, no, that's the guy who does the... the that does the yeah. seminars and he yells at everybody. Yeah, okay. He's not Tony Robbins, though. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But he, he's, thinks, he thinks he is, though. Yeah, he's... <laughs> this is... Oh, okay, so, like, all right, here's another rabbit hole. This whole FTX thing. And I was just having a conversation with my dad, with my dad at lunch about this whole debacle. <laughs> That's so good, dude. So fucking funny. No, you know what the best one was? Was, uh... uh what's it called? The... the, the uh... Uh, what's the governing body that was in charge of looking over? I'm taking uh, a break from the turkey, man. Yeah, it gets warm. It's, it gets it's warm getting a little uh, toasty. But I'm committed. Uh, You're a man of uh, commitment. I get it. Who uh, was in charge of looking over the Taylor Swift Ticketmaster thing? The Attorney General. The Tennessee, I think it was. Tennessee Attorney General. I don't know anything. I mean, I heard about this. I just don't know what... The... So Ticketmaster just had a, a total like meltdown and, and wasn't able to sell tickets for taylor swift's tour and now congress is holding a hearing well i think ticketmaster <laughs> was under attack not under attack but they were being sued by doj for antitrust prior to this oh were they yeah this is this is actually like a pretty big ongoing thing yeah because there's either they were or they were being considered to be sued but dude the antitrust stuff in this country is serious like they're not and they're not doing our, our government's not doing enough about it like back in the day I mean, you ever hear about the trust busting era under Teddy Roosevelt? Like they took monopolies very seriously. Like, oh, they, yeah. they broke up Standard Oil back in the day, and all sorts of other businesses that had monopoly. But like Ticketmaster is a great you know, example. I, but I think, but I think the issue here is like this is getting so much attention 
and the FTX thing is a lot bigger scale. Right? It definitely is. I think this was getting low-grade attention prior, but I think it's under scrutiny from DOJ already. The FTX okay, thing... I didn't know the backstory on it. I think Ticketmaster was either bought or is trying to buy Live Nation, I think. Oh, okay. And they're like a huge concert promoter or something like that, but it was enough to like trigger the antitrust regulation body in this country to go after them. The FTX thing is actually a much bigger scandal. You're right. That one's insane. There are a lot, dude, that guy was just siphoning money from this company, loaning it to his other company. Mm-hmm. Billions of dollars. You but can, what do you think about the crypto space in general? Like top so, level, not thinking about this at all, but like, like crypto off, in general. off the cuff, it's yeah. the wild west and they're just figuring it out as we go along. But scam or not? In general, I think. Well, yeah, I mean, talking I, in generality. Well, sure. I, th- I think there are companies that have good intentions. Like, I think the overall idea of Bitcoin and decentralized currency is is something that we can all sort of romanticize and and think is sure. is great, right? Like, you could also argue that an idea is only as good as its application, which yeah, is well, an argument for communism. Well, they're, right. and they're just so susceptible now. What did you say? Oof, this well, is a tough yeah. topic for George. <laughs> yeah. Don't well, buy at the top. I've George. never held. I've, I, <laughs> to be honest, I've been I've been a skeptic since day one, and I've never held a substantial amount of Bitcoin ever. Sure. My entire portfolio has always been through the traditional markets, through yeah, my dad, who's my portfolio manager, and you know I continue to, or I I plan to continue operating that way, but. I mean, there just seems like there's been a lot of red flags and wake-up calls, especially lately. You know, Bitcoin was sort of the gold standard of that for a long time and was holding strong. And I don't think um, the actual tokens are bad because you see the people that manage the top two. Like, mm-hmm. Bitcoin doesn't have one because he disappeared and probably for good reason. But, oh my God. Are you kidding me? Don't don't show me that. This this the fuck. Come <laughs> all, rock it. All the stupid uh, different coins. Right, but coins. like Vitalik Buterin seems like a good actor yeah. in the space. Like, I think the problem that keeps happening in this space is is it's a byproduct of its intention. The intention is that it's supposed mm-hmm. to be unregulated and peer to peer, and there's no governments involved. But what happens when you have a product where there's no governments involved is that human greed comes into play. And that seems like what's happened at every failed exchange. But I, And I also think it takes advantage of uh, lower income earners as well who feel like – like if you, if you look at all the people who buy into and get screwed by those pump and dump schemes with all the stupid coins, with the Robin Hood game uh, stop thing, it's like – those are not high level investors. This is a bunch of people who are on the internet reading stuff from people who have a vested interest in spiking the price and then getting out. Oh, definitely. You know, and they have no idea what that's about. They don't have economics degrees. They have no no they exposure. Can't, they can't to read it. like a financial statement for GameStop and be like, hmm, this company doesn't make any money. Right. I they're don't just, know why they would be worth four hundred dollars like a share. My friend said I should put all my money into this and 
I might trust my friend and now I'm going to do it. And they end up in this situation that's terrible. So it's, I, yeah. I think they're all just susceptible to that. Like that, that's the type of person who is really attracted to that space, I think. Well, the weird thing that keeps happening with these these big exchanges is they're basically acting as massive hedge funds, investment funds, like, right. and and people like in this situation, same with the other one, Binance, which is still around, but yeah. there's no, did they get no, bailed out? Who? Binance, or were they going to, who no, they were going to They out. were supposed to bail out FTX. That's right. But the problem is these guys are holding so much money from everyday people and there's no oversight. So like what ha- like so what happens in this situation where you're like okay well this is the wild west and now we're going to have a bunch of companies and they're going to sit themselves in a advantageous uh, jurisdiction for their own you know benefit right so this guy's in the Bahamas there's no oversight for a financial well, firm in the Bahamas also, sidebar wasn't he running some bizarre also sort of hippie that, orgy yes. situation that's, out of that's the, the word on the street they had a little compound and the top floor was their yeah. business and then Below I, it was yes. yep, yep, yep. some bizarre sex cult like, thing. How do you allow? <laughs> how do you continue to allow these giant exchanges to hold so much of people's money and they have no accountability? Also, did you see this? So, no, they just put the thing on the roof two weeks ago. I, I know, but should, right. so if you're listening, uh, the stadium here that the Heat play out of in Miami Dade is called the uh, FTX Arena, but because of what's happening, it, you know it seems appropriate to remove it and now but this, uh, they just put the thing on the roof two weeks ago gonna... but did you see who uh rose as a potential investor again of course look at this two weeks ago giant helicopter and they put the whole uh wow. ftx logo on the roof like two or three weeks ago wow but now Pornhub's throwing its hat back in the ring. Oh in the ring. Get, this is like what Bang Bros is gonna get on, the Bang Bros Arena in Miami. Was it? You, uh, which one was it? Was it Pornhub or Bang, Bang Bros, Bros? Is a, a local favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Same with Big Daddy's and. Uh, oh, I would love if it, Big Daddy's are, uh, arena. Just unreal. imagine they painted the whole arena green. It was Big Daddy's arena. I like that. I was, just, I was just at Flanagan's the other day. I'm pretty sure I got food poisoning, but. Uh, so that's part of the experience. Yeah, I have a lot of gift cards there just from going to Big Daddy's. Oh, yeah, that just means you're an alcoholic. (laughs) (laughs) But these guys should be regulated, man. Every one of these giant exchanges, like, they need some kind of accountability. Because, like, you can't just allow a financial firm to have $10 billion of people's cash. Did you see the credentials? Where did it go? You see the credentials of the people who are running this thing? What credentials? That's the point, right? They knew fuck all. It was like, oh, the treasurer had two years of experience in an irrelevant space. And, you know, like... this chick... For that ran Alameda research, this little dork. She, this girl, yeah. Th- she has the greatest one-liners in her. I've read a bunch of her interviews now. There's the famous one that's on, I don't know, it's on the internet with a video of her. Like, well, we just don't really believe in things like stop losses. I was like, oh, I guess you don't believe in downside risk. I mean, that's that's normal. I mean, just if that girl convinced me of anything in my life, I think I'd just quit whatever I'm doing. <laughs> Just go, George. Scroll back up there for this. a second. Uh, there was a great quote. Don't, don't we got to go back to that? She could never convince me of a single thing ever. Yeah, I just don't. Yes, tr- she could. You can't trust a face like that. No, you could trust her. You want to know what you'd trust her and what decision you'd make? She'd say, "Hey, you want to invest in my hedge fund?" And you'd look at her and you say, "No." You just convinced <laughs> me not to. Thank you. <laughs> look at this quote. Go down a little bit. Little bit. Quote unquote. Nothing like 
regular amphetamine use to make you appreciate how dumb a lot of normal non-medicated human experiences well so she's taking adderall and then she's saying she's taking the same go-go pills that the u.s air force took when they accidentally shot the canadian friendlies back in the day in uh, afghanistan that might have been modafinil though no that drug doesn't do that no it was amphetamines it was amphetamines they call them go-go pills they call them go pills thing. huh go pills i think it was go-go my brother-in-law is an Air Force captain. I, we we talked so much I'll, about this. I'll take your word for it. But they, they squirrel those things away, man. Those guys are fucking crackheads. Well, they definitely depublicized any of that after that happened. Oh, for sure. But, this chick's a joke, though. A few notes on the balance sheet info that has been circulating recently. The specific balance sheet is for a subset of our corporate entities. We have under ten billion. We have more than ten billion dollars of assets that aren't reflected there. No, you don't. You know, they were basing a lot of their their stated assets on the token that they produced by themselves. They created a token that they, you know, I think it was at its peak overall it had a market cap of like $2 billion. It's called FTT. Who valued it? Them? I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how that works. But like, go look at the price chart of that thing. Oof. Look at that. That's rough. That's a steep that cliff. <laughs> oh my god! And that's just the last two months. Now go back, do a uh, do a one year chart. All right, now do an all time chart. Look at that. At its peak in late last year, it was worth two point three two. Oh no, that was only twenty four hours of trading volume. That's insane. All right, so here's the here's the moral of the story. This is greed and theft. It's pure right. and simple. Well, how old's the guy? 20-something? 30? 30. He's like our age. Unbelievable. And he was lobbying Congress for deregulating the crypto industry with, like, massive amounts of money. Oh, there you go. There's the chart you're looking for. But this was this is pegged to Tether. So this is the F, FTT slash Tether. So this is, like, its exchange rate with Tether. And I don't know if Tether's one-to-one -one with the U.S. dollar... Oh, must be. Okay, yeah. So that's a that's a big hit, man. Can't believe it's still worth anything. How? And they're hanging on still, eh? Like the guys still. No, they're bankrupt. The company's complete. They filed for bankruptcy. Oh, did they? Yeah, Good. they're done. They're liquidating everything. I'm sure. Yikes, man. Yeah. Well, liquidating what? They just have a bunch of pretend tokens. I don't know. Their house in the. This Bahamas? is outside of my scope of, of <laughs> expertise. But. All right, we got, so who else do we have on that? Oh, did you hear about Kathy Griffin? You know, the comedian? I heard she, was she got one, back on Twitter. And then she got immediately removed. <laughs> but what? For impersonating uh, Elon Musk. Isn't that beautiful, though? The irony of that's amazing. Well, the irony is that she's wildly liberal, and she wanted to stick it to Elon Musk and then got herself deplatformed. So, so she went on and... Elon Musk made a policy about this because of her. She changed her because she she was verified before, mm. right? Just because she was a, a public uh, personality. She had the blue check mark and then she changed her name to Elon Musk, even though her handle still said whatever it was before. And uh, she started putting out all these tweets as if she was Elon Musk. And then some dummies believed that it was actually Elon Musk tweeting these things. Yeah. So she said... Well, you're gone and kicked her off the platform. 
and then uh, made a policy. She was that said, suspended for impersonating a comedian. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's pretty oh my good. god! He just quipped her like that. Dude, huh? That's epic. He's uh, you can't beat him. Honestly, he's great. No, he's that. he's a high functioning comedian. He is he's certainly on the spectrum somewhere, and I love it. <laughs> yeah. I fucking love it. But yeah, so she he made a uh, you know a rule after that if. If the it's not extremely clear that it's a parody account and you try to impersonate somebody, you're gonna get uh, deplatformed. Well, listen, I hope Elon Musk the best. I I do. I hope I hope he makes the company successful. And, I think and he knows he, what he's doing, and he, he just hires a CEO and goes back to what he was doing before. Yeah, that I think that's probably that's got to be the long term play. I hope so. But he's got the the most people. Or sorry, the most engagement ever on Twitter. He's got the least amount of employees probably in the last 10 years at, uh, on Twitter or uh, with Twitter. It, those numbers look good to me. I, it, listen, so I'm saying I hope he's successful. And so, like, I hope he's having fun. It looks like it. Look at that photo. <laughs> that was a Halloween party just like two weeks ago. What, what is three he? Three weeks ago. Uh, whatever he wants. He's, he's eccentric. He is. Well, can I can I do my can I do my thing? Because I've got a thing to go to. Oh yeah, George so, does too. This thing we're doing here, it's been great having you folks. <laughs> but we're done. Thank you for tuning in. That's it. Sorry for the abrupt ending, but uh, this is thanks <laughs> Thanksgiving weekend. As you can tell by the hats we've been wearing. Uh, thank you guys and uh, cheers. Happy Thanksgiving. Cheers, everyone. Thanks for tuning in.